Hi again, and welcome back to the back of Japan. I'm Josh, and uh, before we get going, I kind of just want to get something off my chest here. Nobody cares about this stuff. <laughs> Nobody cares about this stuff. And by the way, we're moving way too fast with all this Koshi business. It's it's not you, it's me, all right? I just got to have a messy podcast relationship, and I think we can just slow things down some, you know, to take our time. After all, we're going to be here for the long haul, yeah? Okay. It just feels good to get resolution, you know? Okay. Now we're friends again, right? Good. So where were we? Ah, the back of the back. Last time, we covered some early mentions of Koshi Kuni in an ancient Japanese legend. But it was a classic case of just me putting the cart before the horse again, you know? I was excited, okay? A little too passionate. So let's back up, add a little more context and flesh out some details, okay? I probably didn't even give you guys an inkling of where Koshi was, did I? Gah, I suck. Let's fix that. To give you a picture of just how big Koshi country was, let's quantify it, okay? It started at the bottom of present-day Tsuruka City, Fukui Prefecture, and went due north in a straight line right into a small part of present-day Yamagata Prefecture. So, on a map, that's one big swath of land, yeah? We're dealing with something like 500 kilometers hugging the Sea of Japan coast. Beautiful. For sure. Anywho, now that we have an idea of just how massive this place was and where it was, I feel a little bit better. A little more comfortable with this whole thing, don't you? I hope so. So today, we're going to go back to the back again, and this time talk about something a little less complicated and, and hopefully a little more straightforward. So, here we go. During the Asuka period, sometime in the year 648, we see Koshi Country again, or Koshikoku, get another shout out. And kind of like the other slightly derogatory references, this one doesn't deviate too much. But first, a little more context. At that time, Japan's de facto government, the Yamato state, pretty much controlled everything on the island of Honshu, the biggest island of Japan. Everything except north of a certain area's doorstep. To the Yamato, Koshi country was the border between civilization and the great wild. And beyond it were the people of the north, the Emishi, the Ezo, the horse warriors. Unheard of. Keep that riffraff out of our country. So you got it? Big Yamato government threatened by non-Yamato people. So, in the year 648, in volume 25 in the Nihon Shoki, we know this one, right? It's this old book, yeah? We find the following points. In the third year of Taika, 647, a foot fence was built and a fence door was put up. Okay? And then, a little later on, the Iwafune fence was governed to prepare for the Ezo and the people of Koshi and Shinano were selected and the gate was put up. So just to recap here, we've got, again, two references here in the Nihon Shoki, this indispensable historical document about Japan, talking again about something that Koshi Kuni has to do or something that they've, they're obligated to do for the country. <sighs> Anyways, this first stone fence, known as Nutari Castle, is believed to have been built around present-day Higashi Ward, Niigata City, Niigata Prefecture. But until now, no traces have ever been found. The only clue was an excavated plank wood found in Nagaoka City in Niigata that had the words Nutari Castle and Yoru in reference to the Yoru era from 717 to 723. 
The plank validates the Nihon Shoki's claims that a fence did in fact exist and lasted at least 75 years. The second stone fence, Iwafune, is a little easier to prove. It was the frontline base located roughly 40 kilometers northeast of the Nutari fence around present-day Murakami City, Niigata. And a, just a quick word about Murakami City. Excellent beef. Oh, you gotta try it if you haven't. And now, a word from our sponsor. And now, back to the back. Later records validate the Nihon Shoki's claims of Iwafune Bridge as well. According to another manuscript, the Shoku Nihongi, on December 21st, 698, Echigo Province was ordered to repair the stone fence. And on February 19th, 700, the Emperor Monmu ordered Echigo Province and Sado Province to repair the stone fences. As of now, no hard evidence of these supposed stone fences has been discovered, but they remain the first castle fences on record, and still a mystery to the back of Japan. So basically, what's happening here? We've got more references to Koshi country, found in the Nihon Shoki and another, Shoku Nihongi, that talk about these fences. But again, it's not the most flattering reference. It's still the wild and being used as a kind of a pawn to keep out the wild men of the north. So what do we know? Well, we know the Nihon Shoki was full of references to Koshi country, but mostly just dickish patronizing comments. Koshikoko came within Yamato's jurisdiction, and that naked border just had to be protected, you know? And in very American fashion, or at least you know, to me, two walls were built. This border was set up as a pretext for Yamato to move further north into present-day Yamagata and Akita prefectures, or Amishiland, to take control of what they couldn't control. Alright, so what don't we know? A few questions to ponder until next time. What happened to Koshikuni during the Asuka period? What in the wide world of sports is Echigo? And will you ever get to sample Murakami beef? Oh, I really, really hope so. Anyways, I hope today wasn't as jarring or painful to listen to as last time. It's always great talking to you, so take care, tell someone you love them, and get outside and get some fresh air. Until next time, ja, matane.